your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel where we are live. Hit subscribe, get notified when those shows are live. It's just that simple. Yeah. All right. Um, on today's episode, there's a report out there about Tyson Jost. Kyle and I are not, kind of questioning it. It's not even a report. I didn't see a report. It was just a a uh, avalanche social media page that was uh, putting it out there. Who is kind of reputable? I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw shade on them or anything like that. Like I, they, they kind of are usually correct on some things, but they're the only ones that I've seen that are talking about this in Tyson Jost. So we'll talk about that. And a lot of movement going on around the NHL, not for once, not involving the avalanche <laughs> directly, directly, but is it kind of indirectly affecting the avalanche and maybe them forcing to make some moves or when they play these teams, if they play these teams down the road and in the playoffs. So let's get started on all of that stuff. And we'll start with the Tyson Joe's thing. Did you watch any of the Minnesota game? Could you could you tune in just to, just to see that that it was real that he was wearing Minnesota colors? I don't think there's a current Av that would go to Minnesota that I would turn on a Minnesota Wild game for. Really, you wouldn't no. do it, even if Nas went over there. I would. It would almost make me hate them. <laughs> I I cannot I I cannot oh, wait, do you Minnesota. Uh, yes, I could not oh. do. There's. I, I honestly could not. There's nothing that would make me want to turn on the Minnesota Wilds game. I mean, I've turned. I'm, I'm sure you guys are great people. If you happen to just hate watch this show, but like, <laughs> I, I I cannot do the Minnesota Wild at all. Well, I mean, the good thing about having ESPN Plus is you can you know tune in on the opponent's broadcast. You don't it's have very to listen. True. To, yeah, but in this case, that opponent's broadcast is Boston, and it's kind of a lose lose situation. <laughs> When it's it a very back. Homer broadcast right oh there. Oh my god, that, that that's that's brutal to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did. I just I, I tuned in for just. To, I didn't watch a lot. I watched like the first period, and that was pretty much it. Just to yeah. see that it was real. But we did. You and I both saw. Who was it? Abs Insider. I believe on, it was. I yeah, it was Abs Insider on on Instagram put up something where uh, what's happening, Matt? Um, that. Tyson Jost requested a trade. I think the way he phrased it was years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was unhappy with being crossed over, passed by um, when, you know, te- players were being propped up in the in the lines and he was kind of getting overlooked. And he did request a trade and mm-hmm. it kind of took until now for that to happen. And again, like I follow him on, on Instagram and I think he puts up good stuff and mm-hmm. he, he's, he's not, he doesn't just put up stuff to, to get clicks. Um, most of the time he, he's, he's on the money with a lot of stuff and I'm not saying he's wrong here. Um, he's the only one that I've seen put it up. I just don't know if I buy it. I, I don't know if I buy that Tyson Joseph was requesting a trade because 
for him, like this is not Matt Duchesne. No. That should be relatively easy to facilitate a trade for Tyson Jost, even if it's two years ago. Yeah. And did, didn't he just sign a deal last year? Or the it was the bubble year? He just signed a deal. So if you're asking for and I think it was it was yeah, when we this before the Seattle Kraken draft, because we were anticipating him not re-signing and going somewhere else. And we were talking about protecting all this other stuff. And I remember when that broke, when you messaged me, you're like, Well, there's Jost. We got him yeah. a little bit longer. I was like, Really? That's that's head scratching. So if you're asking for a trade, and then I think he cited um, Joe saying he didn't like being shuffled down in the bottom lines. Was he not on that top line? <laughs> oh, he was. Yeah. Uh, for last year, he, he, he improved uh, yeah. all of a sudden, like he improved last year when we thought maybe that's him turning the corner and the abs gave him a, I think it was a one year deal. I think mm-hmm. that's what they gave him was a one year deal, but he's restricted. So it's not like you can just not, you know, if another team wanted to sign him, they'd have to give up something. It would be small. I don't have the graphic in front of me of what, you know, it depends on how much you sign them for and what you have to give up. It wouldn't have been a lot no. if someone wanted to sign him to an offer sheet, but that didn't happen. So that, that's why I kind of feel like, I think maybe the Avalanche could have said, just said, go out and try to find something. We won't match it. And if that team wants to give us like a seventh round pick or something for you, like, I think a team would have done that. Yeah. But it didn't happen. So I don't know. I don't know how much validity there is to that because I, I kind of feel like the way that Joe Sackick does business is he would try to facilitate a trade. And, you know, he's not going to be as patient, more patient with Tyson Jost and trying to make a deal than he was with Matt Duchesne. And he was very patient and looked yeah. at the, the King's Ransom that they got for, for Matt Duchesne. I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me. And especially if that's going to be the narrative surrounding Joe's exit from Colorado, you would think the, the social post would also reflect that like Strom, not even like as soon as it was announced, he's announcing like on his socials that I'm so excited to be a part of Colorado. Thanks for everything. Minnesota. It's been radio silence out of Joe's. Like this is your opportunity to burn a bridge here. Like, Say, hey, I can't wait to play for Minnesota, someone who's going to recognize my talent, and I can't wait to put up a hat trick and lead the team right next to Krill the Thrill, but radio silence. Well, he's he said all the right things. He said they're Mm -hmm. a good organization, and you know, thank you for my time. I made a lot of friends there, and you know, he goes, I'm just looking forward to making new memories in Minnesota. Like he said all of the right things. And that's the thing with Tyson Jost. Like he's a good locker room guy. I I can't I, if if he felt like he was getting passed over and other and other players were being propped up in the the lineup over him I, you know i know guys would do it go say like you know my time is over here i want to request a trade where he was in his career i like he's still young at that you know we're talking about a couple of years ago now i kind of feel like he would have just said i got to play better i'm going yeah, to he's he's one of the hardest workers on the avalanche he yeah. would have worked harder. He wouldn't have taken the easy way out and just said, I, I want to trade. Yeah. Yeah. Especially that's, I think that's the thing that's really like hits me the most when it comes to this, this article and everything that they were talking about. Joe's he's a hard worker. Like he's out there with a, with a spaghetti jaw and a goldfish bowl trying to play games because he's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, he's not upper bodying this and taking the day off and, 
just riding out to the trade deadline. He's out there trying to play. So I don't I don't know why this was said or why this is floating out there. I don't think this would be Jost, but if it is, like they gave you every opportunity. Oh, yeah. You didn't you didn't meet them with what they were wanting. Yeah. And this goes even further than Tyson Jost. And 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 say it was true, or no, no, no forget that. Say 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 it never happened. They gave him ample opportunity to take that top spot. Mm-hmm. Or not a top spot, a top six spot, I should say. They gave him more than enough time to do that. And when people want to jump on, you know, Joe Sackick and say, like, oh, we need a goalie and at the beginning of the season, like get rid of Kemper. He's he's played, you know, two bad games in a row. We can't have like this goes to show you how patient yeah. Joe Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland are with their players. Yeah. And and Tyson Jost was given more than enough chance to do it. And I think he would tell you he did. He in, in that in his comments, he was saying that was, yeah, in in so many words, he said, I think it was time for a change of scenery. Yeah. And honestly, look at that top six. Who's still in there right now from our three players that we were always watching when it came to this trade deadline? Um Berkey's mm-hmm. still on in that top six. Mm-hmm. And he gave Jost every opportunity to steal that job. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He gave him every opportunity. All you had to do was assist, put, put just one, put one in there. Yeah. And Joe's just did not do it. So opportunity was there more than enough. And Chris said today's, uh, tonight's game or last night's game. Now, if you listen to this on uh, Thursday, was on TNT, which I, I, I listened to the radio broadcast. So I didn't, I didn't tune in visually i couldn't see it so yeah. uh, still weird though that video that they put up of him taking the ice and in the practice yeah. gear he doesn't weird. look happy he weird. doesn't look happy at all and for a guy who's colorblind with red and green to go to minnesota feel for you bro in more ways than one so sorry man all right some moves to get to in the nhl how did this how does this impact the abs going forward but first betonline.net uh, we have our brackets filled out. We do I'm indeed. Not, I'm not. I still don't know. I don't know why I'm holding out on telling you who I am. Maybe just when the, the, we get into the mode of the games are being played, I'll, I'll uh, shout out who I who I have winning I, the entire thing. Or maybe I'll just wait to the end and say I had that team. I could tell you right now. I have yeah. my heart and soul bracket. You do. I have Auburn. My Auburn Tigers winning one of those brackets. Got to be the heart bracket. Yeah, you know it. But it is that time of year again for college basketball's big tournament. It is finally upon us. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is your number one source for all of the sports betting needs that you need. And it remains the spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of these sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That is betonline.net, where the game starts. Yeah, we should we should have a graphic for uh, Giroux Watch just every single day. <laughs> where where are we with Claude Giroux? Um, <laughs> have the Family Guy weatherman. It's raining. Giroux. Yeah. <laughs> says. Still nothing. Um, yeah. I, people are kind of getting annoyed with this. I'm not. Um, I fully believe, and I could be completely wrong on this when it's all said and done. 
but I just kind of feel like he it's it's important to him to get a thousand games with the Flyers. And is there a deal in place with the Avalanche or with another team? And um, you know, once he gets those thousand games, the deal is announced the next morning. I kind of feel that way. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's happening. You heard uh another I guess rumor saying that he has his sight sets on Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida made a pretty big move on Wednesday. Uh, they getting did ben, getting Ben Chirot from Montreal. Does that leave them enough room to get Giroux? They might have to get crafty, but I guess anything is possible. But here's where I'm saying, like, is there a deal out there for, for Giroux and everybody, like you're saying, everybody knows it. But and so nobody's pulling the trigger on him. So did did Florida go make that move because they know maybe they're out on Giroux? Yeah, honestly, I feel like and we've been talking about this like before. Um, I feel like all of these moves that we saw yesterday has this feeling like everyone has kicked the tires on your JT Miller and your Claude Giroux. And it feels like those camps say, hey, once we hit this mark, he's going here. And all of the everybody knows it except hockey media and hockey fans. So you see the Yankrook move, you see the you see Ben Sherratt move and it's all of everyone else's second option move because they have to try and catch up and try and get ahead of this next wave when those who didn't kick the tires find out where Drew's actually going. Mm. So they're not playing catch up, they're being a little bit of the ahead of the game and I think it, it worries me just a little bit to see the Ben Sherratt move for Florida because now they're already getting crafty with what they can do to fit Drew in. So it, it worries me just a little bit. I don't, I don't, I mean, they do have to get crafty. I don't know. I mean, it, may, it might be, have to be another team comes in and, and retains half and which might have to happen for the, it did have to happen for the avalanche, but I feel like you're going to see a simultaneous move with if the Avalanche do acquire Giroux, it's going to be they acquire Giroux, and you're going to see Gabe Landeskog go on LTIR simultaneously. Those things will happen at the same exact time. And it's it has freed up a lot of money for the Avs to go about this a different way for him. They don't have to get another team involved if they don't want to. If they can have the Flyers retain salary, you're good. Mm-hmm. You're good. Um, so, But it's really interesting how the, the Avalanche – how we were saying, like they were the first team to really kind of pull the trigger on a move in, in not in February, in in the trade deadline sphere, yeah, you know, under that bubble. And normally, those kind of moves have like the domino effect, but set like the market. Yes, and and what Florida did with Montreal is. I think beyond what the Avs did. I mean, yeah. the Avs the Avs gave up Hellison and a second round pick. Good prospect, good pick in next mm-hmm. year's draft because next year's draft should be pretty deep. Not this year's, next year's draft. Yeah. And what Florida gave up was a first rounder in next year's draft in that same draft for next year, a fourth rounder this year. And Ty Smolanik. And if you have been listening to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast yeah. for a while, Ty Smolanik was my guy. Yeah. I was wanting him really bad. 
And so much so I did, you know, that was my CSI moment. Yeah. When the Avalanche posted a behind the scenes video of the draft and it was day two and they were talking about the players on, on their board. And because they released this video after they made their selections, obviously they beeped out the players that they said they were on their board and being the master uh, lip reader that I am, <laughs> they they mouthed Tyce Milanic, and he was taken the pick before Jean-Luc Foodie. Yeah. Which I'm happy with Jean-Luc Foodie. He's maybe one of my favorite prospects for the Avalanche. Yeah. But uh, the fact that, you know, Smolanic is as weird as his head again, and I haven't kept up with him. I don't know how he's doing, but uh, the fact that he's involved in this is kind of, you know, comes full circle. And honestly, this uh, Sherratt move, like we talk about like the first domino to fall and how the avalanche moves should have been the first domino to fall. It's almost taken it to a different kind of analysis. It's this is almost like checkers. And you know, when you sit down to play checkers and you make your first move, it's always that corner move where <laughs> nothing happens. It right. feels like Florida's doing the same thing on their side of they're moving their piece to the corner the other way. And everybody made a move. Nothing happened in the game, but people are making moves. Honestly, what I, what this feels like is Florida. They had their idea. We want, we want honestly, our master plan right here is Giroux and Sherratt. Let's go ahead and get Sherratt, just to make sure we get at least half of what we want. Even if we get Ben Sherratt, that's great. Nobody else gets him. It's almost like if we have him, nobody else has him. Mm-hmm. And now, now that they have fifty percent of that, they can start crafting and pulling the strings and figuring out what they can do. But instead of going the other way, and then if, let's say, the Avalanche make that push and get Giroux, they don't sit there with sitting on their hands anticipating getting both and getting right. nothing. And getting nothing in return, right. But who do you think I, – I kind of feel like yeah, Giroux is like the big fish for this mm-hmm. year's trade deadline. But I feel like he's only on a limited number team. And he would be because he has a no trade clause and he can veto any any – deal that comes his way so he's probably going to the flyers and say these are the teams i want to go to because you're not hearing a lot of teams involved in him outside of the avalanche outside of florida i mean i've i've, I've heard calgary thrown in there a little yeah. bit with him but you're hearing a lot for for ben Chirot. that rhymed by the way hey um and so i do i i, I agree with you i feel like Florida was like, we want both of these guys, but there's a lot more people in on Sherat than there are Giroux. I, mm-hmm. I just kind of feel that way. So they had to kind of make, you know, get that deal done. And then let's see what we can do with, with Claude Giroux. And, and maybe we can beat out the Avs because the, I think the Avs are sitting pretty right now to bring him in. And I think the thing that's really adding value to Giroux each day that goes on is, and it's really deafening in this silence of moves. Each day that goes on, the Vancouver Canucks are getting better. They just mm-hmm. jumped the Vegas Golden Knights in the standing, which sends JT Miller's price through the roof. Almost off the table. Miller's not going anywhere. I've That's just, what I'd say. And yeah. then it it's everybody that kind of was putting feelers out on JT Miller, seeing what's out there. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, if we don't get Giroux, at least we can go for JT Miller. That's starting to evaporate. So now everybody's starting to focus on, hey, it's Giroux or we're going to gamble. 
from where you had your option B, option B is going away. And now a lot more Toronto's out there. Like they are a team that's kind of falling a little bit. Yeah. And a move like Giroux would put them right back where they need to be. And this is what they're looking for. Um, well, I know even Toronto, though they, look, they need goaltending. Yes. But they also need yeah. somebody else to score and some more veterans out there. So there are other teams that are seeing this piece out there that are sitting there like Vegas. Like, I'm just saying there are teams that are fighting for that playoff spot. Giroux will send them mm. like farther in the playoffs. The Avalanche, if they get Giroux, this could be your Stanley Cup. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But the moves they made already, yeah, th- th- those are nice moves. Really good, uh, necessary moves. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Giroux is the big fish. And yeah. I, I just feel like they have a deal in place. And if they didn't, I don't know if if Florida goes ahead and makes that move. I get it. You know, it's kind of counterproductive to what we were just saying, how they, they make a move just to get the guy that they need because so many other guys are involved with him. Mm-hmm. And talking about Sherat. But I, I kind of feel like the abs are now even more so because of the surgery with Landis Gog. <clears throat> Doesn't seem like Gerard is going that route. I, I kind of get the impression that they want Gerard to come back so he can get some time with with uh, Manson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they made that move and that and and Bednar even said those two guys are are he's excited to see those two guys on the same pairing together. Yeah, Josh so, the Manimal, by the way, that's his nickname, the Manimal okay. from right. so go ahead and stick to that, but yeah, to have Sammy G and the Manimal as our our second. I like that pairing. Oh my goodness, that would be like incredible. I like it a lot. All right, so there was a signing to San Jose signs Tomas Hurdle. Uh, I know that doesn't, you know, he he was another name that was kind of <sighs> being thrown out there for a while. Uh, he, for me, you were you probably have to give up more to get Hurdle than you were going to have to to get Giroux. And yeah. I didn't. I, I I just felt like both of those guys, or both Hurdle and the Sharks, wanted something to get done. Yeah. And they they just had to go through the process of contract negotiations and then they came to an agreement. It was a mid-season Gabe Landeskog in the off-season scenario. It was. Yeah. It really was. So, I didn't feel like he was going anywhere. And I know JT Miller keeps on getting thrown around there and maybe he does, but I keep thinking because he has an, another year left. I just, I just don't see it. Maybe next year, if they're they're kind of like you know treading water next year for their season, maybe we're revisiting this. Um, but we've also thrown around Jacob Chikrin, mm-hmm. and you know how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. And he was injured the other day. It was thought that it was going to be two to four weeks, and now I think we're kind of set in that it's only going to be two weeks at the most. Yeah, if two, yeah. Um. Could this still be? I mean, are the you have to think the Avs are done on defense? Yeah. Say they lose out on Giroux, he goes somewhere else. You feel like they still have to make another move. Could they bring him in for the heck of it and just say now we're even going to have even more of a, of a killer defense than we already had, even though we didn't plan that? That that's our option B. Honestly, that one. If you load up another defender at the trade deadline as your well. You don't okay. get it's a it's a it's a right left hook combo like you didn't get Giroux and oh here's another defender 
but you won't get him for another week because he's still hurt. Right. That's really well, going to stay. The thing is, like, you're, you're okay. You're fine on defense. It's exactly. Not like you'd be waiting for him to. You're counting the days for him to come off. Uh, you know, of his injury list, and join the team. And I, you know, if if you if you lose out on Giroux, and you get more of it, if you know, and I feel like the Avalanche do, they're not letting it on, and why should they? Because he's an injured player in Bowen mm-hmm. Byram. If you know Byram is going to be out longer than than we are anticipating uh, i would i would do a deal for him i would i'm not sold on another defender being what we need it's not it's definitely not and i if honestly if we end up going through this trade deadline picking up another defender and that's about it Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm going to be thrilled uh, I, I, if it's, if it's Jacob Chikrin, I'll be more than thrilled. I will. Sorry. Mm. I, I think he's that good. I, I absolutely love his contract and you have it for multiple years. You are fine for the most part on, on, you know, your scoring. You do need a little bit of depth move that I, Drew is the, Drew is the goal. That, Drew that is, the is goal. what you want. That is yeah. absolutely what you want. But again, if that falls through, what are your plan Bs? And that's that. That's why I love the the trade season because we're talk we're sitting here we're talking about Claude Giroux over and over and over again. Avalanche have their plan B and plan C and plan D, and yeah. I can guarantee you all of those other plans are probably on par with someone like Claude Giroux. Yeah, and we're not just thinking about it, and we're not sitting here. It, it, it's somewhere that. You know, GMs are going to do their homework on guys other than Claude Giroux, but can bring the same amount of value. And yeah. if they lose out on him, they're going to get a guy. And for me, Chikrin is just like wishful thinking. I think he's just – I love the guy. He's, he's maybe one of my favorite players outside of the Avalanche sweater, so that's kind of why I want to bring him in for selfish reasons. <laughs> and the contract is fantastic. Yeah, the but, same, same thing for JT Miller for me. I feel you there. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I, yeah. I, trust me, I would love to have JT Miller. I just feel like Vancouver is not going to part with him. No. I don't see it happening. I do think that Toronto, we, oh, uh, Mark Giordano did not take the ice with Seattle on as we're recording this. And apparently it was his 1,000th game, and they did not put him out on the ice. So you have to think a deal for him is coming up. In no way, shape, or form, but I think he's coming to Colorado. But he could be on the move. I could see him going to Toronto. I think I feel like Toronto is going to. They need defense. I think they could get Giordano and they could get Mark Andre Fleury if they can make all that work. And Toronto's back in business. Then why are we waiting, Claude? What are you waiting for your thousandth game for? Come on, You're just come on, your, come right? on. I mean, oh my God, can you? It's a little bit different with Drew, you know, all with one team. But I mean. Poor Mark Giordano gets gets drafted by you know an expansion team <laughs> when his former team is tearing it up. They give him the the first ever captaincy of the franchise's history. And I said this on Locked On NHL, like you heard rumors of him being traded at the trade deadline when he was drafted in yeah. the expansion draft. Yeah. Everybody saw this coming, and now it's actually here. 
they would have raised a banner for them getting a thousand games in Seattle. They need they banners up there. They're, yeah, they are predator happy <laughs> in Seattle. They still raise a banner just because. Uh, so, um, I don't know, man. This is this is exciting times because this is the trade deadline. This is kind of what you know GMs in in waiting like myself uh, live for. We're we're couch GMs and we love to see where things go, but. And the first and foremost, what you need to think, like, don't stress and worry because Joe Sackick has already proven with two off the radar trades so far. Like, I would have never told you Strom and um, and Manson would be, they'd be playing for the Colorado Avalanche this year. I had, and you already see the contributions uh, the Manimal Manson had made in his first game. Got the game puck. Like, the team loves him. Like, if we don't get Giroux, I feel like Sackick's got a wonderful plan that's not going to make sense until you see what number he wears and what your like yeah. what game he's playing in and the difference that he's going to make. And you know, like I said before, the the draft or the uh, excuse me, the, the trade deadline is a, a practice in patience. And mm-hmm. there was uh, someone made a comment on on the YouTube episode, said he had a, a conversation with his friend, saying you know. Why, if Claude Drew doesn't want to be here, you know, he, he basically saying like he would, he would facilitate it quicker if he wanted to be here. And, and my response to that was, you know, he, it's important to him. It's important to him to get a thousand games with the same team. And if he's gotten that far, why pull out the rug from under him now? I think he's earned that right. And he'll have plenty of time to get acclimated to the team. And, you know, it, it's just, you need patience with this stuff. But that's the hardest part of being in the position that we are is is waiting around because we want deals to happen fast and furious. And it just doesn't work that way. We want our deal to be done and we want to watch everyone else scramble. Exactly. (laughs) But but even having said that, like we've done two deals, two really good deals. And the abs did nothing on Wednesday. And I was mad because everybody else is doing stuff. We're so spoiled. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, but th- they'll be involved maybe tomorrow, maybe over the weekend, but the abs are definitely not done dealing. So when it happens, we will talk about it maybe tomorrow. And the abs do have a- another day off on Thursday before their uh, Friday game. So we'll be back tomorrow. And then if anything breaks, we will be discussing it. But until then, that's going to wrap it up for today, everybody. So thank you for tuning in. Always appreciated for making this your first listen of the day. And uh, go check out Locked On NHL, which I host with Gil from Locked On Islanders. And we kind of get into these deals as well. So go check that out. All right. That is going to wrap it up. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. Once again, always appreciate it. He's Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.